I'm Lindsay Wilson, and this is Business of Glam, the podcast where we discuss business, beauty, building your best life, and everything in between. We're here with my old friend and entrepreneur, Kurt Belding. Thanks so much for joining us. Of course. I don't really know what I'm doing here. I mean, this is the glam show, right? The it's business about of glam. business and <laughs> lifestyle, following your passion. Yeah. So you're in the right spot. All right. I'm in the right spot. You're in the right okay. place. You tell me if I was. <laughs> we'll tell everybody a little bit of who you yeah. are and a little bit about yourself. So I do have some business background. I have been an entrepreneur for 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. And uh, did some sports nutrition stuff, franchise, manufacturing, fit foods, healthy foods, uh, uh, product development, uh, content creation. I've done a lot of stuff, and now I'm in my my new world of hunting now. That's where I now live, which is weird, right? Like either you love it or you hate it. Like either like, oh, hunting, that's cool. Or you murder innocent animals, <laughs> you are going to hell. <laughs> I feel like I lay somewhere 50. You're in between. 50, 50. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but you do, like, I was like, what are you talking about? Why are you on Business of Glam? Like, right. you have a ton of entrepreneurship, sure. podcasting. Now you have a new podcast. I do. And mm-hmm. TV show. I mean... I mean, you didn't bring me on to give tips on skin and makeup, right? No, but because we can I teach... might be out of place. Yes, no, okay. we can we can help you though if I, you need. Do anything. I need some help? If wait, you need anything, wait. Is is this, this a is makeover? A, this is you an guys intervention. Are making me over, aren't you? That's what's <laughs> it's like an now. Oprah show. Like, so Kurt, we brought you here today to yes. talk about business, and, and we got to do something about this right here. <laughs> no. Okay. So tell us how you got started. What was kind of the fuel that Mm -hmm. made you want to start anything like entrepreneurial? You know, for me, I I just felt like I was born this way. Like it wasn't really a choice that I was just born wanting to do things myself. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's an ego thing or a stubborn thing, but from teenage years, I just felt like, hey, how can I do this myself? Uh, and actually, my first business was a roofing business back when I was 18 years old, mm-hmm. where I would do some residential roofing with some buddies of mine to help pay for my books in college. So I've been an entrepreneur since birth. And so, you know, why am I doing this? Well, to be honest with you, if I wasn't born this way, I would not do it <laughs> because it sucks. I know. It is really hard. Being an entrepreneur is very, very hard. And I've told a lot of people is... If I wasn't just born this way, I would definitely... I don't wish this upon anybody, yeah. to be honest with you. You have to have some grit. Oh, my God. Especially through the last five years. Yes. Right? Huge. I mean, we don't need to talk a lot about COVID, but COVID. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Definitely rocked the business world. I it mean, did. it rocked a lot of different life and mm-hmm. all sorts of different things, but definitely in the business world, just small business world, especially. It's definitely small business world and just in you know people's lives in general. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of separation, but... But yeah, that is why I do what I do. I feel like I'm just born this way. I have no choice. Okay. Awesome. So (laughs) when I met you, you were starting Fit Republic Mm -hmm. and had started with one store. Yes. And then you kind of grew and developed and franchised that eventually. Through lots of failures. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the best way to learn. It is. That is the best way to learn. And that's probably the, the way you will learn the most is through failures. Like if you can fail a lot without losing it all mm-hmm. that's it's super key to fail and getting that ego in the way oh yeah like gotta, there's nothing they'll check an ego like failure right? oh yeah mm-hmm. gotta throw that to the back burner yeah for sure so when we met i was literally homeless on my buddy's couch because i was and i was young enough where i did not have a family and i, I could take those risks where i was a actually a gnc franchisee thought that i knew better my ego was there and mm-hmm. my stubbornness yeah right? just young kid tw- 20s early 20s and I thought I could do better I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to say screw off GNC and in the transition I'm like you know what I don't know if I can afford housing yeah and my buddy at the time was hey you need a roommate he's like I got a one bedroom how's your couch (laughs) (laughs) well we were laughing and telling Serena I was also homeless I was in my 20s and had just moved back from Vegas on a failure yeah and had moved in also with Corey. <laughs> <laughs> that poor guy. I still owe him 
a lot. I know. I think we <laughs> both owe him something. Yeah, like for we sure. need to like send birthday gifts every year or something for, house, something for housing sure. all of us. Yeah. <laughs> for like probably a good six for months least, a year. I mean, it might have been two years for me. I think I was there for a little bit before you got there, but it was for two years I was on and off being homeless where I didn't have enough money because the money was going into and I say homeless, I, I always had a roof over my head. Right. I wasn't living in the streets and in the gutter and under some overpass, but I did not have a bedroom to sleep in. So that's what homeless was for me. Yes. But I think sacrifices are such a huge portion of business and when you're starting out. And you do kind of forget about, oh, I have to pay myself. I have to like eat and live and have a car and have a roof. Absolutely. And I think there is a misconception for people that don't own a business. There's... Oh, you own a business. That must be amazing. That must be wonderful. You can do what you want to do and you probably make a lot of money. But what people don't understand, one, is you, instead of working a 40-hour job, getting a paycheck, you're now working at least 80 hours mm-hmm. and you're probably not getting a paycheck at all for a while. And you have just as high as chance of losing a shit ton of money. Can I cuss on this? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. We- a shit ton of money. Rather, and just as high as chance of losing your ass than making money. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same chance. It's a huge gamble. It's a huge gamble. Yeah. It's 50-50 and you have to kind of accept that. You do At some that. point in time in your life, you're like, I could lose everything I ever invested in this. Yeah. And you kind of have to be a, uh, not attached to money. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to disconnect a little bit. It's it's a game. It's a numbers game. Yeah. Right? So if I'm bleeding out thousands of dollars every month, I'm like, well, better figure it out before I die. And hopefully I can increase this from adding thousands of dollars, which yeah. balances out. So I didn't know you had a failure in Vegas. What were you doing in Vegas? Can I ask that? Oh, yeah. I had moved to Vegas for a boy. So it's a boy failure. It was a boy failure. Oh, okay. Not a business failure. Yeah, not a business failure. Right. No. Which can be probably similar. I mean, they're, they're very comparative. <laughs> I think being single and dating is very um, conducive to business ownership. Sure. And your lessons learned. <laughs> lessons learned. <laughs> <laughs> you learn a lot along the way and you just have to go, okay, we're just going to chalk that up to that a lesson. Don't do that again. Yeah. yeah. Let's not do that. <laughs> so what, you kind of saw franchising from both sides. I did. So you bought into a franchise mm-hmm. and then created a franchise. That's right. So what do you think that you were trying to do differently or what do you think the pros and cons are for everybody that are maybe looking into going into a franchise? Because I think a lot of times it seems like the easier solution than starting something from scratch for a lot of new business owners. So now that I am outside of it looking back, right, I can see both sides of being the franchisor and being a franchisee. There's benefits in both worlds. So being a franchisee, there's a really big benefit of the system's already there for you. Mm-hmm. It's already proven. All you have to do is follow it. So it seems very simple, but it's not simple for a lot of franchisees because there's ego involved and they believe that maybe they can do things better. Well, I hate to tell you, and this is me speaking to my 20 year old self, you can't. <laughs> all right. It's proven. It's a proven system and it's proven for a reason. Yeah. Now, through lots of failures, I did find a very good system to run. Um, but so the benefit of being a franchisee, it's already done. Show up, do what's told of you. You're basically a glorified manager. You're doing what the franchisor has already laid out for you and you can be successful. The downside of it, you're paying a percentage of your check or of what you're making back to the franchisor. And typically the franchisor is selling you something, whether it be a service or a product that you could then resell. Um, so they're making money on the service or product that you're selling and the percentage of your gross revenue. So that is a downside. And that's what the franchisee sees is like, I want that percentage back. Mm-hmm. Well, once you break off on your own, you become the franchisor, you realize, shit, this is very hard. Now I understand what the franchisor was going through. I understand why they needed that percentage to run the franchise company. Yeah. You, you, it costs a lot of money to run a, fran- run a franchise company. You have employees, you have systems, you have a lot of marketing costs. You have a lot of costs and it's very hard. So you have to develop your own systems and your own ways of success. So I think there's benefits on both sides. Um, I'm not telling people not to franchise because you know that's fun. You're the man or the woman. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you franchise Glambar, you know, people look up to you for one, 
all the answers, but then they also look up to you for all the answers, yeah. right? So there's an equal negative there uh-huh. to the positive. So there's positive and negatives on both sides. Of for sure. Mm-hmm. And what made you decide to sell, kind of get out of that industry or business? Mm-hmm. So I ran that for, uh, I think it was 10 to 12 years. And it, it's a sports nutrition franchise, as you know. And I started just not to be in love with the industry anymore. Mm-hmm. I started just not having much passion for the industry, which is okay. I have passion for business. But at some point, I saw the industry taking a downward turn um, where my brick-and-mortar store could no longer compete with the online store as well. And I was spending a ton of time and energy doing things for maybe zero money sometimes, yeah. right? maybe five bucks an hour I was running a franchise company with 20 franchise stores so most people don't see that mm-hmm. right there's just a lot of costs so I I hit 40 and I don't I'm, I'm not going to say it's a midlife crisis but it's probably something close <laughs> okay so I just spent the last 10 to 15 years hustling my ass off yeah. to be the man and to be rich and to make a ton of money and I realized when I hit 40 I didn't care about that anymore I didn't care about money I didn't care about being the man anymore. I wanted to live my life the way that I wanted to live it. And that for me was more experiences. I wanted to go out and have epic experiences in nature through hunting, have hunting experiences and document it and film it. Hopefully people liked it. Hopefully people thought it was interesting. I could entertain people, but if not, I'd watch it. I think it's interesting. You, you know, have one viewer. I'd have one fan. <laughs> Me and my mom. We'd watch it. <laughs> uh, luckily, people liked it. They thought it was entertaining. But even on the flip side, um, you know, one thing that we didn't have growing up is being able to relate to our ancestors, mm-hmm. our grandpa's grandpa, right? Our grandma's yeah. grandma. We don't have pictures or video of our grandparents' grandparents. Mm-hmm. We have no no clue who that person was. So my grandkids' grandkids can look back at the videos I produce and say, oh, that was great-great-grandpa Kurt. Yeah. He was doing some cool stuff. He must be a cool guy, or that guy was a complete idiot. Let's <laughs> not turn out like him. <laughs> Either way, it's a lesson. Way, it's see. a little, little viewership into your life. I yeah. love that. How did you decide? So obviously, I just turned 42. Oh, boy. So, there it yeah. is. Yeah. But I just read, I started reading Brene Brown's um, The Gift of Imperfection. All right. And I never read introductions in books. I think it's a waste of time. Sure. Yeah, I'm just going to get to the book. Like, that's what I'm here for. But for some reason, I read this introduction and she was talking about how she was kind of having a midlife crisis. And she decided that it shouldn't be called a midlife crisis anymore. It's called a midlife unraveling. Ooh, all right. And I was like, okay. Preach, Brene. Let's like (laughs) let's hear what you have to say. So, like, there's studies that show that when you do hit a certain age and you hit the midlife, you do realize what's important to you in the world, and that you want to unravel and become who you actually are, and who you were meant to be, instead of everything that everybody has ever told you that you have to be or that you should be or should do, and you hit a certain age that you're like, that's bullshit. I'm not doing that anymore. Right. Which, again, your perception of self, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we want to be who we think we want to be yeah. in our early ages, 20s and 30s. And I think at some point, like you're saying, you may realize, wait, I don't think I'm that person. Yeah. Actually, I think I've always been this person and this is what I want to do. I like mm-hmm. that. I'll have to read that book. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so we're just unraveling. Yeah. But how did you decide like, what your passion was, how to kind of create a business out of it and follow that direction? Well, like I've always been entrepreneurial, so I've always figured out a way how to make money doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, you, usually I've lost a lot of money before I figured that out. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> what always happens when you start a business of any kind. I think so too. Um, and no different here. Like I've invested in quite a bit of money. But how did I figure that out? I've always been interested in hunting. I grew up hunting. I'm from the Midwest, Nebraska, and my dad hunted, my mom hunted, and I was always very passionate about it. But the 20s hit, and I got way more passionate about girls, sports. Mm-hmm. 30s hit, got very passionate about business, wanted to make money because I believed I wanted to be the man in the business world. Um, and then 40 came, I was like, you know, I don't care 
about any of that. I have a fantastic wife, so girls are is not prevalent anymore. I have a, a beautiful daughter at the time when I started this. I now have a little boy. And I want to have great experiences in my life. What kind of experiences do I want to have? So for me, it was amazing experiences out in nature, hunting. And when I say hunting, it's not killing. That's not the experience I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's the end goal of a hunt. But the 95% of it is like I just got back from Alberta, Canada. Never been to Alberta. Never saw the landscape. I just immersed myself eight days in the wilderness of Alberta and experienced that nature. Yeah. I did not harvest anything. I didn't kill anything. It was a moose hunt. And that's 100% okay. Because yeah. the reason why I went there was for the adventure, not for the murdering of animals. <laughs> Murdered the animals. <laughs> so... Like you said, life had kind of changed as you transitioned into the different decades. Mm -hmm. When you hit your 40s and were like, hey, I'm going to sell this franchise and I'm going to get out and I'm going to start a hunting channel. Yeah. Having a family, having a wife. Obviously, yeah, she's very supportive. Oh, my God. Amazing. So. <laughs> so you have to be an amazing person to deal with my shit. <laughs> so kind of taking that risk. It's a little bit bigger than when you were in your 20s and you could... Sleep on Corey's sofa. Yeah, there was more people involved than just me. But backing up into my 20s while I'm sleeping on Corey's sofa, my parents had actually put up their land in Nebraska. There's a, we have a cattle farm there. To, to enable me to get a loan to buy the business that I was running. So there was a lot of pressure to get that money back yeah. and not lose the land. So there was a lot to lose then. And there was a lot to lose now. For sure. For sure. I didn't make some money on the franchise and selling those businesses. So I had a little bit of a cushion but it literally, it was pennies on the dollar of what I should have been able to sell it for five years prior, mm -hmm. right? Got enough money to say, okay, I got some cushion. I got a couple years worth of living to try to make this work. So in my mind, it was, you know, most people work their ass off until they're 66 years old, 65, and then they retire. But by the time they retire, are they actually even healthy enough to do what they really want to do? Yeah. Right? And then they I may agree. die a year later and they've got one year of retirement. So... I took my retirement early. So the last three years I've been on retirement. I love that. My retirement fund has definitely dwindled quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I do think that we're kind of reversing that retirement. I think so too. Of, I, I would rather be young and be able to like be physically active and not have to worry about how far the walk is or Absolutely. the hike or what have you. Yeah. And whatever you enjoy now, I'm sure... I'm assuming you enjoy traveling. That's probably mm -hmm. one thing. As you get older, that becomes more difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you feel like you take a little bit more calculated risk, or do you feel like you have the support of your wife? You kind of just plan it out and rip that band-aid and do it? Definitely did calculated. She, does she ever look at you and are like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? Oh, absolutely. What are you doing? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, when I sat her down and said, listen, honey, <laughs> here's what I want to do. She was like, what? <laughs> I want to sell everything. I want to quit everything that I'm doing right I'm now. I'm quitting it all. I'm retiring. Yep. I'm now retiring for three years. You okay with that? Um, she's very supportive. And we, you know, we have very good communication between me and my wife. And she has her dreams and her goals that she wants in life. And I have my dreams and my goals. So this is one of my dreams and goals. I, if I didn't do it, I would regret it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how we talk. I explained it to her is, if I'm 70 years old on a deathbed or whatever it is, if I did not do this, I would regret it in my life. So there's really, at that point, looking at it like that, yeah. there's no choice. Yeah. You have to do it. I do not want to regret my life when I'm older. Mm -hmm. Right? So, and she understood that 100%. And obviously, it's been hard. I mean, we have a newborn baby. Uh, he's now about, his name's Tayden. He'll be nine months old. Cutest little boy ever. But... She has been a basically single mom since August. I've been hunting hard since August. I've only been home maybe five days since August. And she's been a single mom. So she has had to sacrifice a lot for me to have my dream. And I, that doesn't go unnoticed. You yeah. know? So for when I'm home, it is <laughs> happy wife, happy wife, happy y wife. Yes. It's putting those deposits in the bank to make sure she is full of happiness and joy. So I can then go off and do what I want to do, right? Mm -hmm. What my dream is. Great example is 
I, when we moved into our new house three or four years ago, the kitchen needed to be remodeled, right? And I say, oh, don't worry, we'll definitely remodel the kitchen if we buy this house. Fast forward three years later, kitchen's still not remodeled, right? You know how that works. Oh yeah, for sure. So I thought, um, let's see, I've got a newborn baby, I'm gonna be gone for at least three months. What can I do to make my wife super happy to make sure this is okay? So I remodeled the kitchen this summer to make sure, hey, here's what I've done to make you happy. Hopefully you're super happy with this kitchen. Mm -hmm. Now I'm gonna go off and do my thing for a little bit. So it's stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. How do you balance with, because you are out like hunting, you're out in the wilderness. So Mm -hmm. like social media, all of those other avenues, I'm assuming that you're having to hit to run this as a business absolutely how do you kind of structure that do you do that when you're home or how do you kind of get prepared to be be maybe without cell service without any communication for long periods of time yeah that's a good question um so i have a thing called a garmin inreach and what that is a satellite deal where i can send messages with it so i use that to message my wife to say I'm still alive <laughs> because she worries and sometimes I'm, I'm in a very remote place yeah I could be tens of 15 miles away from a road on a mountain living on um, you know filtered water and freeze-dried food for eight to ten days you know so if something went bad if I turned my ankle I'm in a serious yeah. predicament right so I message her so she is good and she knows. And it's got an SOS button. So if things go real bad, I hit the SOS button and I get life flighted, helicoptered out of the mountains, right? But um, social media wise, I, I really like to just stay in the moment with my social media. So I may go off the grid for 10 days and not have a post, not have a story. and But I lead up to it saying, hey, this is what I'm about to do. I'm going off on this adventure. I may not have any service. So... I will fill you in when I get back and then I'll post all my stuff and my mm-hmm. adventures. So I I really try to stay in the moment with that rather than like planning out ahead, make sure my posts are going out. I don't know if that's good for algorithm stuff or not, but that's how I do it. Do you feel like that's changed since your Fit Republic days? Because I the, feel like I did your blue collar entrepreneur podcast and I feel like it was very regimented. Oh, it was super regimented. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was able to do that because I was there every yeah. day. And so you've I had learned a, to let it go, to I've be able to, to follow your passion. It was another stress that yeah. I did not want to have to stress about. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and it's the reality of it is you don't need to post every day. It's okay if you don't. You don't need to do stories every day because that could be really stressful. To feel like you have to do that. Yeah. For me, anyway, right? It was super stressful to feel like I had to post every day to keep up with the rest of the guys in my industry because they're posting every day and doing great content and when I'm comparing myself to somebody else that steals the joy from what I'm doing right so I do what I can do and what I'm able to do without being stressed out about it and then so far my followers have seemed to respond to that and they're okay if I'm gone for Mm -hmm. 10 days (laughs) I love that that you've like decided to follow your passion not that fitness wasn't your passion before and it still is I still stay fit just how would you describe, do you think, so obviously turning 40, mm-hmm. the post-COVID, like especially being in business, mm-hmm. kind of afterwards kind of made us like reevaluate what was most important in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that kind of helped push you into that avenue? And I see what you're saying. To be honest with you, COVID didn't affect me very okay. much. It affected my businesses, but I was already on my way out of the okay. businesses. I was already transitioning. You had already made that myself. decision. Mm-hmm. Okay. Already, before COVID hit, I was already out. Just, I was already actually out. I was just still consulting yeah. the businesses. Okay. So. But COVID didn't affect me very much. I don't let much affect me. I yeah. try not to. I, I call it my happy little bubble. I don't watch the news. I don't allow anything that I cannot control negatively from the outside in. Mm-hmm. And I create my own little happy little world. Whether or not it's the reality or not, I don't care. It's my reality, yeah. right? And it, so yeah, it's my lens, and I keep a happy lens on the best that I can. I love that. So I didn't really look at COVID at all. Yeah, you know, I did what I needed to do if I was traveling and wore a mask. Mm-hmm. If uh, you know we, the businesses I was running through restrictions, okay, do what we need to do. Yeah, but I didn't really look at it that much. Tried not to. I love that. Is that yeah. part of your like self care? Yeah. 
It's creating that happy bubble. Creating that happy bubble. I, I truly believe you can create anything you want in your world and your perception is everything. How you perceive something is everything. That's your world. Yeah. So why not perceive it how you actually would like to perceive it? Why not make yourself feel happy? Mm-hmm. Why not make yourself feel good? Mm-hmm. You know? I love that. Yeah. We're on the opposite side. I know there's plenty of people in the world that love to make themselves feel bad. Dwell on the negativity. And if too many mm-hmm. things are going good in life, where's the negative? Yeah. How can I feel like shit? Because I'm used to feeling like shit and that's comfortable. Yeah. I don't want to feel like shit. No. Yeah. Or when's that shoe going to drop? Right. Those questions that you kind of fall into. So yeah. it is making a conscious effort of moving in that other direction. It is. You literally can control everything mm-hmm. in that. And I think it's also the people that you surround yourself with. Absolutely. When you're around people that are like, oh, I have no money. Oh, like this Whoa, is such a stress. This is that. This is so bad. It like just energetically can take you down that spiral. Well, yeah. I mean, there's definitely people that you're around that drain your energy. And there's people that can give you energy. And mm-hmm. I don't hang around with people that drain my energy. I love that. But someone's like, woe with me all the time and very negative and always seeing the glass half empty. And that's not what I want in mm-hmm. my life. And for me to sit there and say, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that must suck. It takes a lot for me to say, you can change all, to not say, to not shake them and yeah. say, what the fuck are you doing? You yeah. literally have all control over this. Why do you want to be this way? For sure. Yeah. I love that. Did you ever get like your favorite piece of business advice or something that you ever heard that stuck with you mm-hmm. throughout all of the years of entrepreneurship? Man, that's tough because I have consumed a good amount of business content <laughs> from like books, uh, podcasts, and I don't know if anything's really stuck from the outside in. I maybe from me is or if I can say that me creating in my mind is you can create whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I've and I've come to believe that through experience because I have created whatever I wanted, and every time I've created what I wanted is gave me confidence to create what I want again. Everything in life. So from being twenty or just back and all the way up to high school. Uh, athletics. I wanted to be good at athletics. So I, I was in control of that. I created that. I wanted to go to college. No one in my family had gone to college. I created that. I had no fucking clue what college was. I didn't mm-hmm. even know how to apply to college. I didn't know what APA or MLA style writing was. Right. But I did it, right? And mm-hmm. I graduated college. And then I wanted to start a business. So long story short, through each step of creating whatever I wanted, gave me more confidence to create wherever I want. And there I am. Hitting 40, saying, I don't want all this anymore. I want this now. And most people will say, you're fucking crazy, right? Like, you're doing pretty good with this. Why would you give that up? And a lot of people say, you can't accomplish this. But if I, I believe that I can. Because I've accomplished other things. Just give me the confidence to do that. Would that be your advice to, I think, a lot of small business owners or people trying to kind of figure out what that next chapter is in their life? Do you have advice for them on, did you have a process of like sitting down, figuring out what is that happy bubble? Do you have like, do you believe in energy? Do you believe in like, what are kind of your thought processes behind that? I've got a lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) So if I backtrack to twenties and thirties, I did not have very good processes. It was, I want to do this. I jumped in with two feet and I did it and I did not create business plans. I did not prepare. I just figured it out as I went, which was probably not the best way to do it. Yes, I jumped and did it, but if I had to give advice on it, first off, 80% rule is what I always go by. If you can figure it out 80%, jump and do it. It'll never be 100% Mm -hmm. there. So when you're thinking about an idea of something that you want for business, um, and if you can figure out 80% of it, do it jump you'll figure out the rest the rest of it later and when you create that business plan everyone has that plan walking in but i think this might be a mike tyson quote everyone's got a game plan until they get punched in the face yep and in every business you're going to get punched in the face and that Mm -hmm. business plan is going to go out the window Mm -hmm. you're going to create 10 different business plans as you go and the 11th one might be the successful one so my advice is have a plan because it's, it's good to understand your numbers. Jump and just do it 
fear is okay as long as fear is motivating you to, for success. Don't let it to be paralyzing. And failure is good. We don't set out to fail, but you're going to fail mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And through failure is where we learn and come up with a new game plan. And eventually, because you don't quit, you will succeed. Mm-hmm. And lastly, you can create anything you want in your life. I've done it. It's 100% true. If you can think it, you can create it, you can have it, you can do it. I love that. So as a recovering, I'm a recovering control freak. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Is there a 12-step program for that? (laughs) Um, I'm working on one for it, but like the business plan, it's like ebbed and flowed throughout. You're controlling the 12-step program. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and create it. But it seems like you kind of liked that control, like the athlete, like looking back into the time. How? But now it seems like you've kind of let that go a little. You can only control so much. Yeah. You can't control a lot of external variables. How did you accept that? Through failure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Through lots of stress. (laughs) Trying to control shit you can't control. Can't control other people. We're going through it right now. I still own, I still own businesses. I have a CrossFit gym in Aurora, Colorado, and we're losing some members right now because of a certain drama in our gym. And, uh, and I won't go into detail because it's not my drama. Right, yeah. but can't control it. We have zero yeah. control over it. So people are stressed out. Like, hey, can't control that. What can we control? Mm-hmm. We can control how we feel, how we act upon this, and what we do moving forward. That's what we can control. One more piece of advice for business owners. Yeah, motivation shit. Okay, motivation is garbage. It's easy to become motivated, especially in the beginning when it's honeymoon phase and oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm starting my business and you're so excited for the first six months and then you get punched in the face and it sucks really bad. Discipline, right? I think it's Jocko Willing, right? Motivation is garbage. Rely on discipline. Mm -hmm. Rely on, okay, this is what I'm going to do every day. This is my game plan. I'm going to wake up at this time. I'm going to be productive. I'm going to accomplish X, Y, and Z because my long-term goal is this. And now I know this goal, this goal, this goal, and this goal is going to equal that goal. I just need to look at this goal. Accomplish it. Cool. This goal. Accomplish it. Cool. And just keep moving forward, right? And your motivation is going to go up and down. You know the mm-hmm. roller coaster of entrepreneurship. Oh, yeah. Highs and lows. Highs and, and lows. You're like, what am I doing? This is the best thing. This is, I mean, you're all over the place. All over. Emotionally, you're an emotional wreck, right? You're yeah. all over the place. So you're going to be motivated and then your motivation is going to fall out the bottom. Mm-hmm. So don't rely upon motivation to be successful. I think the discipline is great advice. I think also, like, give yourself grace. I'm yeah. always like, if one day you wake up and you're just like, shit, I didn't get half of my to-do list or my task done or this or that. Like, point. just chalk it up to, okay, well, tomorrow's a new day and like, let that go. That's a good point. Yeah, give yourself The world's not going to fall apart. The other thing I did very poorly was I did not celebrate my successes. Yes. Why is it so hard to celebrate our successes? Because it's not Those good little wins. It's like, okay, what's next? Yeah, what's next? whatever. Yeah. That's what's great. next? I hit a million dollars revenue. Whatever. Yeah. I need a hit too. Yeah. We got to keep moving, right? I know. Yeah. I set that goal a long time ago. Great yeah, that we right. hit it, but like that was a while ago. Yeah. I'm on to a different goal. Yeah, so celebrate your successes and yeah. whatever that looks like to you, but you should celebrate them because, you know, if you had started a business, look backwards. Mm-hmm. Look to where you started because you've, you've gone a lot further than what you think. Yeah. Right? Even if you're in a tough place where you're at, look where you started. It was zero and now you're done something, mm-hmm. right? That should be motivating for you too. Yeah, and I think along with the business plan, like ebb and flow those numbers. Like there's a lot of things going on in the world. Like you have to grant yourself a little forgiveness if you're not hitting every single goal that you have set for yourself or the five-year plan or the one-year plan or your next month plan. Like give yourself a little forgiveness. Yeah, it's like rules were meant to be broken. So are goals. (laughs) Goals were meant to be reconstructed. (laughs) So I had a girlfriend, grandfather, that started a successful franchise. He told me, he gave us like a really great talk one night. It was like a happy hour. It was all pre-COVID. And he was like, oh, you're going to hit five years. You know, that's when it becomes easy. Hmm. And he was like, it really, like five years comes and 
it just like you hit your goals easier. You would you agree with the five year? I feel like it takes five years. Yeah, to five to seven business. years to really mature that business and really to understand your business, really yeah. understand your industry. That's really key. Yeah, is digging in and understanding your industry because when the first few years you may think you know the industry, but you don't until you're really into it. And mm-hmm. I call it the white space of like that little percentage. So everyone in your industry might be doing a very similar thing, but you might find that 2% that's different yeah. that you can leverage. And finding that little sliver of white space is what's going to make you successful. You probably won't know that in the first three years. No. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's right. Like, I mean, at my five-year mark, we did hit COVID and shut down. And so I was closed for two months. I was like, wait, this was supposed to be easier. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my revenue that was all like happening, all my profit went to zero dollars coming in. Um, but I think that it's kind of what you're speaking to is that you just know how to adapt better. You mm-hmm. know that it's not the end of the world. And if it is the end of the world and that's where you end your business chapter, you're okay with it. Yeah. It's, so it's just a different ballgame. Even if you lose everything and you got to file bankruptcy, you're not done. Yeah. It's okay. Like you've learned a lot that you can apply to your next venture. Maybe it's a business, maybe it's not. But mm-hmm. It's okay. The sun's going to go up to come up tomorrow. You're still going to be alive. Life goes on. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. I'd love to see business owners be able to adapt that before they hit the five-year mark. Mm. That they can accept yeah. things It's kind of like a teenager, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think... Like my daughter's about to hit teens, oh, and yeah. teens know everything, You're into it. and and not until you've matured a little bit to realize. I, so that first five years might be the teen years of business, right? Yeah. We're like, you just got to go and fuck up a lot to mature <laughs> to realize, huh? I didn't know everything. Yeah. Hey, guess what? All of those plans that I had, goals that I had, when I told people that had been in business, I was like, yeah, yeah right. Okay, sure. I got this. You don't understand my plan, my motivation, and my drive. Right. I got this. And they're looking at you like, okay, yeah. come see me in a couple of years. Give me a call. Give me a jingle in like five. What do you think the biggest myths are of mm. business ownership? That you're rich. <laughs> That's the biggest one is, oh, you own a business, you must be rich. Most business owners are not rich. That's probably the biggest myth. Most business owners work way more than 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have much of a life besides their business. What do you think is the biggest myths? I think everybody's like, oh, you get to do whatever you want. Mm, and I yes. was like, no, I have to do a lot of things that I, I actually do not want, want to do. Yeah. Ever. Do you think that was part of your like transition, kind of sitting down and like being able to check the boxes of like, this is what I like to do. This is what brings me pleasure. This is in my happy bubble. Yeah. These are the things I don't, and these, these are, are the things that bubble. I need to like delegate or hire somebody or. Mm-hmm. You know, I did a really good job of removing myself over and over and over again in my businesses. So, for example. As I started my first store, I was the manager. Mm-hmm. I was the marketing manager. I was the ordering manager. I was everything, right? And then I hired a manager, removed myself. And then I hired a marketing team, removed myself. And I removed myself and removed myself as I got bigger and higher. So I did a pretty good job of that, of the things I did not want to do. But as a franchise or, I was still dealing with people. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it. I had not removed myself enough yet. And my franchisees were really hard to deal with because they were knucklehead franchisees like me, like I was, thought they knew better and they did not want to follow Mm -hmm. the system. So that was probably what weighed on me the most is I wanted everybody to be super successful. And my misperception of people was, if I can do it, everyone can do it. I can teach anybody how to run a business. It's very simple. Follow these steps, no problem. Not true, not everyone's meant to run their own business and most people do not want to follow steps they do not want to have big brother Mm -hmm. or mom and dad to tell them what to do right so that was very difficult for me and i think that might have contributed to me saying you know i am handling a lot of people here through all my franchisees through all my employees everyone had their own personality and i was only as successful as what those people did i think i rebelled and just got out of everything and decided, you know what? I am going to be my own employee again. I'm going to do my own things. That way, if I'm not successful, it's on me. Yeah. Right? So 
and was, you know, now looking back, that probably was not a good move. I probably could have figured out ways to have better systems, remove myself again, have better management to be able to fix those things. But in the moment, I was so tired of it and I wanted to do something different. You had a podcast, Blue Collar Entrepreneur, which I think we already said once before. Yep. Is that kind of what sparked the passion or the idea of like, how do I make hunting like this passion of traveling and doing all of these things? How can I get out and make that a business? Mm. Was that kind of like a, a launching point for you of, oh, I can, because I mean, you can go out and do a lot of things in the hunting world. Yeah. The hunting world I mean, is a big industry a, and a small industry at the same time. Yes. Everyone so knows everybody. But to decide to yeah. do like a podcast and a TV show, yeah, that's a little different step. I see where your head is coming from there, how that connects, yeah. but no, honestly. <laughs> but wrong. <laughs> but you're wrong. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I can accept that. <laughs> because it's a part of the, uh, the uh, content creation, right? Yeah. I like podcasts. It's fun to talk about things that you enjoy. Like, mm-hmm. we're talking about me. I want to talk about me. Yeah, this is fun, right? totally. I love podcasts, um, and I enjoyed the Blue Collar Entrepreneur Show, the BCE Show, but I got kind of tired of business. Yeah. Got tired of talking about business. And again, I re- kind of rebelled against and away from that, where that was no longer a big part of my persona anymore. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, I'm an entrepreneur, but I didn't know if I wanted to be the business guy yeah. anymore, right? So... Um, and actually, here's what kind of jumped me into this new industry was I decided I wanted to go on a hunt again. I started hunting again. And because I had videographers and graphic designers and photographers, I grabbed my most, would be youngest videographer, my not senior, what's the word am I looking for? Uh, my, my most rookie videographer, yeah. right? He said, his name was Ian. Ian, you're coming with me on a hunt. So I got him all the gear he needed, and we went up on the mountain. It was super fucking cold, and he froze his balls off. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we filmed it, and I enjoyed it so much. It was so much fun. I was successful. I har- harvested a very mature animal, uh, elk, that year. Took it back. We put it together. We put it in like a three-part episode where it was kind of like movie style, like uh, sequel style. And I really enjoyed it. I got a good a lot of feedback from that. And uh, there's this guy that reached out to me. That used to have a hunting show on the Sportsman's Channel and said, hey, what are you doing with this? I said, just fucking around. <laughs> you know, I'm just having fun with it. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think you should do a hunting show. And my little light bulb went, ding, huh, that sounds fun. Talk to me more about that. So I teamed up with him and we started. And the learning curve on that, oh my God. Filming and hunting at the same time, that was very, very, very difficult. Learning curve of the industry, because I wasn't in the industry. Right. I've only seen very small percentages of what that industry was. Three years from later now, I'm in it, and I understand it a lot more. But to learn a new industry, learn the, to be a technician again of filming and hunting, doing the actual business, it was a lot. And it still is a lot. But sorry, did I answer your question or did I go off on your tangent? No, you did. Okay. But you also proved me to kind of be right because Because it was still content did. creation. Huh? Yeah. Yes. I was like, but I'm still kind so of right. So no, but yes. No, but yes. I'll accept that answer. So with that, how do you kind of keep, you have a family, you have a business, you have some other little businesses going. Yes. How do you balance it all? It's fucking Do you hard. believe in the work-life balance? <laughs> I try. Uh, I don't, you just can't be perfect at it. Yeah. It's, it ebbs and flows, you know. I can say that my ideal work-life balance is when I am working, I'm all in on work. I'm 110% focused on what I'm doing. And when I'm not working, I'm 110% focused on family when I'm with my wife and with my child, children now, right? It's not 100% that way. I try. It's not. Sometimes things come up when when I'm with family and Mm -hmm. I got to focus on work. And things come up when I'm working, I focus on family, but... If you can, for those who are listening that might be a business owner or not or thinking about it, I believe the best way to have balance is to go all in on what you're doing at the time, in the moment. So if you're working, be super focused on work. Don't allow any outside distractions in. And when you're with family or friends and you're not working, go all in on that. Because if you don't, you're going to burn out by crossing that. You'll never be checked out of work and you'll never be fully uh, present with people you love. I love that. That's such good advice. Yeah, thanks. 
Do you have any little self-care routines that you do now that we're going to... Yeah. Do you like to do like a little facial mask into your <laughs> night? Or... Maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> what are your self-care rituals? Um, I used to meditate quite a bit. And actually, I really enjoy meditation. Mm-hmm. I don't anymore because I'm too lazy. <laughs> I think you've channeled your meditation into... You have to be Maybe quiet. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Out in the wilderness. It is actually, hunt. yes. So it's kind of meditation. It is very Look at me. Meditative. I'm just finding you like little... Oh Man, you're just digging into the core. Here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that now that I'm not... I, I don't... I'm not as stressed out as much anymore, so I don't need as much self-care. Mm-hmm. And I recognize when I do need self-care pretty quick if I'm not on my game, mainly with my family. That's when I'm like, mm, I need to do something. Um, I'm going to talk about pleasures... Not in a sexual way. <laughs> I was like, that's not this kind that of show. <laughs> <laughs> but we're driven by pleasures. Dopamine, serotonin, that drives us, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of, when I'm feeling like I'm lacking those things and it's been a grind, I will do things that give me dopamine and serotonin. Could be listening to music. It could be out being out in nature. It could be playing a game with my daughter. It could be giving my wife a kiss. It, you know, little things like that can then recharge your pleasure uh, hormones and keep you going. So that would be probably my number one self-care is being really aware of that as not to drain yourself from those pleasures. Uh, and sex, sure, let's talk about it. That mm-hmm, right. <laughs> Let's talk about sex, baby. Yeah. <laughs> little salt and pepper yeah. for you. That's a great sec or uh, stress relief. Yeah. And serotonin and dopamine and all that good. Oxytocin is another really good one. That's the touch pleasure. So you know, having sex on a regular basis would be really good too for all you entrepreneurs out there. Um, but self care, I used to I used to meditate, and actually I need to do that again. So I would recommend meditation to people. And if you look at me, I'm this burly hunting guy, right? You want to think that I meditate because that seems to be more of like a yoga-y kind of like tree hugging. I hug trees sometimes too, but for yeah. different purposes, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I really enjoyed meditation. It helped me to control my mind. Mm-hmm. And that's what what we need, especially to relieve stress, right? You, yeah. you need to control your mind to understand the things that are stressing you out are not the things you think are stressing you out. You are stressing you out and you need to control your mind. So I really enjoyed that and being able to control my mind and just sit still for five minutes at a time. Um, the other flip side of this is I'm going to get a little heady with you here, right? Let's Again, you would not think of me being a little heady is, is the universe. I'm going to talk about you. I'm not talking about God, my, the creator, whatever that mm-hmm. is. But the universe seems to conspire more when you can tap into the universe a little bit better. So meditation helped me tap into that a little bit better and things seemed to just fall in place better when I was meditating. Have you read the book, The Alchemist? I have not. That Put it Alchemist. on your list. Put it on my list. Okay, I'm going to have to get these book recommendations. Yeah. Um, it's all about like how the universe kind of conspires with you. and yeah. It's a story about a shepherd boy, but it's one of my favorite books. It's a super easy read. But it's just like a lot of metaphors for like our life in the universe. And okay. How you can't speak. So back to the negative and positive. Yeah. Um, Paulo Coelho is the author of the book, but he was like, the universe doesn't know good from bad. So if you keep saying... It just knows once. Yes. So if you're saying something positive into the universe, it's going to gift it to you. If you're saying something negative into the universe, it's also going to gift it to you. It doesn't know the difference of like, this is really bad for you. Right. Well, you had me at easy read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It's a very easy read. I read it in one day. Yeah. Well, let's go down that rabbit hole because yeah. I got some more stuff I can say about that. Right okay. Now, right? Let's so do it. I And I, I agree with what you put out there can mm-hmm. will, can happen. I don't know if that's the universe conspiring or you conspiring. So yeah. if, if you say it enough, it's going to happen. Either you will create it yourself subconsciously or the universe helps you. Whatever, whatever you believe, right? If you believe in the universe, if you don't believe in the universe, I think that if I said that, you know, I'm going, this is kind of extreme, I'm going to grow an inch taller. And if I said that a million times over the course of the next two years, I'm going to grow an inch taller. <laughs> <laughs> One way or the other. 
Yes. I may not physically grow an inch taller, but I might buy shoes to put myself an inch taller. Exactly. It's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Because I say it enough or I think it enough. So the thoughts that you have in your mind really play out into your life. If you have negative thoughts about yourself, your self-perception really play out into your life on you creating your own world. With that being said, I always try to do the right thing. No matter how hard that is, mm-hmm. no matter how much I don't want to. Small example of that is I'm walking by a trash can and I see a piece of trash on the ground. If I walk by that trash and don't pick it up and put it in the trash can, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, right? Not my right. trash, whatever. But subconsciously, your mind plays, you didn't pick it up. Mm-hmm. You're not as good of a person as what you think. So if you're not a good person, you're a bad person. If you're a bad person, do you deserve success? You don't deserve success because you're not a good person. You're a shitty person. So if you're a shitty person, you don't deserve success, you're not gonna do the things that make you successful. That plays out in your world. And I use a very small example of that, but if you continue to do the wrong thing, things that you know are not right, things that may hurt other people, and if you continue to be a bad person, whether you tell yourself and justify it or not, subconsciously, you know. And you will not be successful. You won't create what you want in the world because you don't deserve it subconsciously. So super heady there. I love that. <laughs> I love that. It's great. Yeah. That's my, my, one of my philosophies anyway. <laughs> Always do the right thing because your self-perception is the most valuable thing that you have. What would be advice to your kids if they decided that they gained your entrepreneurial spirit and wanted to start businesses? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my advice is life is not that serious. We're not going to get out alive anyway. Mm-hmm. Have fun. <laughs> I love that. You know, have some fun. Enjoy life. Don't be as serious as I was. In it. Yeah. I think that's probably the best advice I can give. I do whatever that. the hell you want. I don't care what you want to do. Have fun. But just don't take it serious. I love this. Yeah. Well, I hate to end it. But I feel like we have, like, that is, like, such a good ending piece that I feel like I don't sure. even know what to ask you next. That was, like, such great <laughs> advice. Let's let's All go right. have some fun let's today. The day yeah. is young. The day is young. Enjoy life. <laughs> so tell everybody where they can find you and follow you. Yeah, so um, my YouTube channel is Western Obsessions TV. That is also my Instagram. If you want to see some of my hunts, uh, even if you don't enjoy maybe watching of the harvesting of animals. And and I explain a little bit on my channel on what that is about. It's not just us going off murdering things. It's actually the process of hunting and that experience that you have. But um, you can find me on Waypoint TV, Carbon TV. Um, and my podcast is on Apple, Spotify, Carbon TV, and YouTube. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much for joining us. Thanks it's for having me. So good to see you. Yeah, it's, it's been great to too see long. You too. I know. You're all grown up now. <laughs> Is that an easy way of saying I look old? No. No. Ooh, Not at Lindsay. all. Not at all. I'm Lindsay Wilson, and you've been listening to Business of Glam. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and don't forget to subscribe, review, and download this podcast. If you're ever in the Denver area, be sure to come by and see us at Glamour Bar. Until then, stay glamped.